this is the freestyle way. People don't even know how hard we've been trying to. <laughs> <laughs> this is take three. Uh, take three. All right. Profo one, what's happening? How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's uh need to catch up to technology. <laughs> I'm still in, I'm still in uh 2018. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> We're gonna make this work. I can hear you. Uh and it's it's gonna be about the information, uh, not so much about uh whether your your voice uh through the mic sounds buttery. Uh so <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> no, it's good. Um on our on our third attempt now of of, of trying to record this, uh, you battled this weekend. You were telling me about it. Uh, what battle was this? And uh, uh, my curiosity was, how long have you been competing and in, in breaking? Yeah, so um, it was a battle out here in the Bay Area at Livermore, California. It was actually in uh, in uh, coordination with the Filipino Heritage Festival, and. Um, uh, Deontay, who was one of the promoters, put it together. Now, I think they had it had it last year. I think it was called the Get Down, and there was a two on two. And uh, well, my crewmates uh, Jerry from Florida Days USA, uh, I I've won a competition with him in the crew battle, but I've never did a two on two or just me and him. So it was pretty, you know, just to get show faith, like hey, you know, like you know, I believe in you. Let's just do it and see what happens. And that's kind of been my attitude about competing and then uh, as far as competing how long i've been competing since 1997 in breaking right even though i've been dancing for 31 years uh, 31 years and the the beginning of the da- the my dance career was uh hip-hop free- freestyle dance i've been around breaking like pretty much since its uh early conception in the 80s like i've been around it you know like my cousin's my cousin was a b-boy back in 82 83 so I, you know, just the hip hop culture I I grew up with. That's it. That's insane. Uh, you're you're 47. You've been competing for 25. You've been dancing for 31. Did you do anything uh, sports related, dance related, arts related before you uh, got into dancing? Uh, arts related. You know, when you're a kid, you want to draw. So I did that. You know, there was at one point I thought I was going to be like a uh, illustrator, like a comic book illustrator. And then um, played instruments um, right before I started seriously dancing. So I played the drums from about 12 to 14 or 15. And then the dance came back in my life. I actually took a break from dancing uh, around 1994. And I did martial arts. So actually me and Greg, that's we both kind of stopped the dance and we both got into martial arts. And it's funny because obviously Greg continued with the martial arts, and then I then I went back to dancing. So there was a break, but there was a but it was through martial arts that I could do a like. Uh, I took capoeira, and I was like, once I learned how to walk on my hands, I was like, okay, maybe I should try breaking again. And and the look in the Bay Area of breaking changed at that point too, from like ninety four to about ninety six. We we started seeing tapes of Flowmaster of uh, Ken Swift and Storm. And, you know, as I said in the previous uh, podcast, like, that's when I was like, because it used to be very power move based, like around 91, like, and I had no interest in it because I was a freestyle hip hop dancer. And that didn't look like dancing to me. It looked like gymnastics, right? 
But then once I saw tapes of Kenny and Flo, I was like, oh, there's actually a dance in here. So now I could not walk on my hands. So maybe I'm going to try breaking now, you know, but I was already like 21, 22, which was considered late at the, at the time, you know, it was really considered late, but I still had an interest in it because it's just like, I think my attitude back then was like, I'm going to put this dance in here because no one else is doing it, you know, and that's how I felt. Yeah. Right. So at first you were dancing and you would dance for fun because you, you like the music, you like to move your body. I assume, right. Oh, yeah. There was validation, outside validation, you know, like you were like kind of like a ghetto celebrity, right? Like, you know, like you're just like kind of known in the hood and uh, he could act like a dance. And then, you, and then, you know, like girls too, like, oh, my God, you know, all that, you know, all, all the little things, right, that they gave you validation. And yeah, I started I started from that. I started pre I started dancing pre-composition, as I said before. Like right now, everyone there's no one from my generation that's still dancing that I know that I know of. And even like the festival that happened last, you know, yesterday, you know, I ran into people from high school and these are like people that have kids and they're like, you're still out here. I'm like, yeah, I am. And you're still competing. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> they were like bugging out, you know? So it's like people, random people I knew for 30 years ago, you know? But they're there with their families, you know, they're just, you know, they're just, you know, having good food and like there's performances and, and this competition. So was, that was a trip. <laughs> that is insane. That's insane. And, uh, if, do you remember your first competition? I think you entered with, uh, Glide. Greg. Yeah, it was best of the best. Yeah, last night. So Glide won yes. and Profo won. Yes. <laughs> I, there's footage actually. I need to pull it. Actually, I showed Gr Greg and he's like, oh my God, where'd you find this? And I had some guy that that transferred a VHS copy into uh, digital into YouTube. And he was like, whoa, what the heck? I was like, yeah, we found it. I was like the first one. My breaking foundation was def was definitely not there. I was just a guy that just went crazy. Like, because I mixed everything. I was like, kind of do all, I was actually doing like all styles back then. You know, I was just, I just, I have no fear in performing. I have no fear in like putting myself in front of people. So that came natural. But when I look at the footage, I was like, oh, was, you know, that was trash. But I was brave. It's just the will was stronger than the technique. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that was like, I think that was March 97. And, and how, how did you do in that competition? Uh, we, we won maybe two battles, which is not so bad. Like, and this was, there was a lot of people. And this is before, like, a concept of the prelims weren't, you pick your top 16. No, you battled all the way through from the very beginning. So there was no like, you know, we're going to take the top. No, it was just like, if you're trash, you're against someone that's good. If you happen to win, you kept going, you know? So that was pretty interesting. And, you know, and a lot of people that, that were breaking that I knew, they were probably laughing at me. Like, what is he doing? You know, but I just, can't, I just like doing it. I just wanted to like, you guys aren't dancing though. You guys are doing full work, you're doing power, but you're not dancing. So I was like, I'm going to dance. And what, what, what's, what's the difference? So uh, what does dancing mean to you? Like, yeah, how do you, yeah. Good question. Okay, so so when I say hip-hop freestyle dance, um, it was done. So some of the b-boys would go to the club, and this is New York history. So the b-boys would go to the clubs, right? And they're not just going to break for like, you know, two hours. If they played a hustle song, you would have to dance with a girl. And there's a such thing as uh, dances, social dances. 
So some of the b-boys would have to learn these social dances, for instance, like the Cabbage Patch or the WAP or the Fila, and then go to a jam and maybe break. So it was just like this thing to like, it was a courtship between a guy and a girl, and you would learn these dances to get that courtship. Like you get close to a girl, and that's how, even when I was coming up, that was what it was, right? So it was more of a party atmosphere. And so this branch of people start to do this. They they went when Breaking died, they started to do this and do more of the club dancing stuff. Then they start freestyling the movements just like you would freestyle, like in Breaking, you would do six step sweep, CC. They would do the running man to cabbage patch to the fila. Then they became what we know as hip hop choreo. So they first danced for like Mariah Carey back in 91 and they had their own scene. That's and that's what's that's what's that's why they're called hip hop dance because they actually dance to hip hop. While the early B boys, Grand Mixer DST, who was one of the original Herc uh, time B boys with the twins and Dancing Doug, he would say that Breaky's actually more soul dancing than hip hop dancing. It just happened to be from the hip hop formula. So the official dance of hip hop is breaking, but the the dances that were created from hip hop is hip hop freestyle. So there's kind of a difference. It's all under the umbrella. And no one goes into specific like of this. I'm just telling you right now. There's this like everyone's just like, oh, I don't know. Well, that's the problem. Everyone should know if you're a practitioner. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't know. Yeah, that that, that that's that's it that's definitely interesting history. So uh in in breaking specifically, what is dancing then? Is it being one with the music? Is it being? Is it? Does it have to do with musicality? Or yeah, in breaking us. Oh, this is a deep. Yeah. This is a deep, deep question. And I'm gonna give you the truth. Musicality didn't get reintroduced into breaking within the until the last six years. So basically, you're saying that there was a time where the music was going and people were just doing moves that had nothing to do with the music. Yeah. Yes. Yes. One hundred. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-one, eighty-two to about. 2005 so when you got into breaking people were just doing moves and not not okay not dancing to the music okay one even if they were doing top rock forward they weren't dancing it was just very robotic because of the music so if you look at the music from about and i've had a conversation with buddha stretch who's one of the guys who first danced for mariah carey danced for michael jackson remember the time Taught Will Smith that he did the choreography for Get Jiggy With It. This is like, he was a B-boy in the 80s who, when Breaking died in America, they, they just moved on to the hip-hop dance, right? The hip-hop freestyle dance. He was telling me that there was a difference when he was popping in 79 and then when he was popping in 81 because the music called Electro came out. And that's what, like, everyone in the 80s remembers if you ask, like we talked about this last time, like cardboard and their break dancing, they put electro with that whole the image and the sound was electro. And what's electro? It's not funky. It's robotic. It sounds like the in the eighties. It sounded like the future. Like wow, this sounds like you know it's like you know like they have like break dance, like very like everything was robotic and futuristic, right? And that's why it's like. 
He was like, there was a, even a difference between popping when they used to pop, it used to look funkier. Then when Electro came, they started to do way more robotic movements. Same thing happened to breaking. It became more technical. There was no really funk and music in it. And that formula stuck for 15 years. Even if the music was different, the attitude was the same for 15 years. We're talking 81, and then it died in U.S. 85, carried on to Europe. They're still looking robotic from 85 to 96, 97. Then around 96, 97, then this reintroduction to dance happened with a few individuals. A few individuals, I would say. Remind was one of the first guys to dance. And then I would say then K-Mel was the first to dance. Machine. Then who brought it back to the mainstream was B-Boy Why Not. He brought that dance back into breaking. 2009. 2009. Yeah. 2009. Then everyone. Flowmaster is another one. He was a. Because he was. Because Flowmaster didn't start as a B-Boy. He started as a hip hop freestyle dancer. Then got into breaking. So when I saw him, I was like, wow, he's doing it. He's doing like, you know, what I thought, you know, then then I find out the original Herc, uh, the Herc B-Boys from the 1520 Sedwick. They said, we mostly danced like that. Then by the time we saw uh, Crazy Legs and Ken Swift and the grills were like, what's that? All the original guys, because it didn't look like dance anymore. Not to them. It didn't look as funky. It was, a, it was more move, 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 intricate movement. Intricate movement. While if you look at the original B-Boys, they, they're they not as scientific. It was more attitude, more burns, more character. Like, they would talk about, yeah, I did this burn. I took a bag of chips and I smashed it in the guy's face. Like, okay. But that's what they grew up on. That's what, like, but they were, they, they were doing, like, it meant something to them when they did a James Brown split to a James Brown song. By the time it got to legs in them, and Kenny, and Buck Four, and Kuriaki, and Glidemaster, and Flip Rock, it was, that, they're, you know, these guys are 10 years younger than Charlie Rock, and Mike G, and, and Beaver, and, you know, so, it already, it already developed, it already moved on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in, in Breaking Now, are they dancing? Yeah, now it's, it's, because, like I said, when Why Not came to the scene, he was the one that solidified. Okay. Like, oh, shoot, we really have to know what musicality is. Because this guy's doing, like, he's not even flying in the air, and yet he's capturing people, you know, and he's connected to the music. So it became a thing after him. Like, I wouldn't say that he wasn't around, but he made it like, okay, it's the requirement now. You know what I mean? Like, we all have to learn how to do that. Exactly. Well, I'm I'm interested in this topic because... Now that uh, breaking is going to be in the Olympics, it's technically going to be on a platform that is dedicated to sport. Uh, and dancing is an art first, a sport second. And, uh, and thus breaking falls in the same category. But uh, yeah, how do you navigate the sport aspect, which is the athletic performance, the competitive nature, without compromising the art integrity like is that is that possible to do or are we going to lose it what's happening that is the question for the ages right now this is like this is where the scene is divided right because the scene the breaking scene is divided because half of the scene is like we don't need the olympics we don't need that we don't need to have it's like 
the post-traumatic stress from the 80s. Like, because the 80s, we, we were exploited, right? So it's like we're carrying this trauma from that, and it's like we don't want that to happen again. So do I think it's possible? Yeah, I think it's possible. But the solution is not going to be easy because the problem is there's not even a solidified history. You know what I mean? There's not even that's not even solidified. So it's going to be hard to say what because everyone has a different perspective, and there was no receipts from back then. There was no receipts from like 1975. The earliest receipts is 1981, and then we're listening to a bunch of like I said, a bunch of people that have their perspective, versus like there's other guys too and girls. So it's going to be hard to like narrow down what because most of the guys that are older in the scene, I'm older than them. And they have a perspective, yet they didn't live what I lived. They're already from the competition era. The guys that are elders. We're talking 42, 43. They're already, like, they don't know what a jam is. They know what competition is. They know what going to events are. But they didn't dance with a girl in the end of the night and try to get her number. Listen to Jodeci. Right. They, they're not from that era. I mean, for the social expression they were doing no. it for the competitive no. nature and they 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 already feel yes. this this dissonance that's coming with this i i bring this up because uh no matter what uh things are going to continue to evolve and going to be uh out of control in many ways but it's i think it's important to acknowledge that uh breaking comes from a place of uh creativity and self-expression and has evolved into a style that is signature. Some people may know it as doing a backspin on a piece of cardboard. Others may know it as um, uh, the the modern uh, expression of breaking, where you actually do it in venues in a in a controlled setting, where there are certain rules and standards that you kind of follow, and uh, and that allows you to match up uh, against people and see see where you stand. Uh, in the world, are you the best? <laughs> right? Yeah. And see, that's the thing. It's that's that's touchy to me. Like, just because you win a competition doesn't mean you're the best, in my opinion. Right? And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about opinions. And then when it comes, so for my flex, my thing is like, okay, your opinion is valid, but how exposed are you to everything to have a valid opinion? Do you know the history? Do you know the time timeline? Do you know the family tree to know where things came from? Because you're like, oh, because we're the only scene that there's such thing as biters. What are what are well, yeah what 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 are biter, what are biters? <laughs> so what so this, basically, if I create an original movement, right? Then in every scene, every scene, it's like okay, so let's take skating for instance. Um, Rodney Mullen created the ground ollie, right? And then once everyone started doing the ground ollie, he was happy that people did the ground ollie. He was happy when he created the kickflip. He was happy to do the kickflip and that everyone did it. In breaking, if I do the move, that means and, and instead of being I'm proud that you did it, no, that's my move. You copied me. You bit from me. So then everyone has that attitude, which I believe is... T- yeah, and it's just like I get it, but then, of course, but Rodney Mullen, he's famous, and that's and that's what you're going by. You want to be famous for creating the move, and at this point, it's like if 
there were moves that were done in 1981. Do you know that you didn't do it? It's bull. That's why it's to know the history is going to help you. Did I really create this? Did someone in Germany create it in 91 and I didn't think that they did? Because I don't know my history. That, and that's what I'm saying. That's my old man rant, you know, when it comes to the scene. Like, yeah, and 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 in the in the big picture of things, and uh, go go after me if you if you'd like. Uh, does this does it even matter? See, here's the thing. In my opinion, it matters to somewhat. It's nice to get recognition that you did it first, right? You composed. I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even say that at this point. Even Bruce Lee said it. Until we grow another arm, we can't create anything really original. Because some way, somehow, someone did it back in the day, even if it's in Africa or if it's in Capoeira or if it's in Kung Fu or if it's in yoga, people have done it. But what we have as human beings and what's original is composition. I, the notes in music are the same notes. But it's the way we put it together. Yeah, it's going to be different. It's cause it's gonna, you know, There's a difference between country and soul, and gospel, and jazz, and, you know, classical music. Like, it's infinite. And there's still new music genres being created now. But there's no original notes. So what is it? It's composition. So to get credit for composition, yeah, of course we want it. But at this point, like, it's important to know, and it's important to give respect if you did create the composition, right? It's, it's important. It's important. But... But right now it's about, it's not, it's too late for guys my age. It's better that now that there is social media, those are all receipts. Yeah, basically it, it's, it's get, yeah, it's getting recorded. Yeah, that's, that's what you're saying. Makes, it makes sense. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting. So why do you keep competing? I mean, you're 47, you have nothing to prove anymore. Like what's the, what's the deal? It, it's full circle, man. It's full circle. Um, you know, when I did it, it was about validation. You know, no, I, I, at first when I did it, it's like I want to learn this move. This is cool. Then it becomes this road to validation and street cred, and then I got to travel around the world. Then I got to, you know, then I got to judge. That you know what I mean. And now, now I'm doing a podcast and doing all this stuff and getting respect. It came full circle to like, well, I don't have this move, so why not? You know, like, why not? Like, you know, and that's, and yesterday was, of course, these kids are like, you're in the semifinals, you're 47. Like, what the hell are you doing in the semifinals? And like, and my answer, my question to them was like, yeah, what am I doing in the semifinals? Why haven't you guys beaten me? Like, you know, so like, I shouldn't be there. Actually, you guys should be there, not me. But it's because, I care about growth. I care about my own journey. It became more a self, a self, uh, a self. Like I'm trying to fill these goals of like, can I execute these things? Can I move still fast? Can I do these things? Can I learn these moves? Like I said, I started as a hip hop you know, freestyle dancer. So I wasn't like when I was like, what 12 year olds mostly, they don't get into breaking because of the dance. They go, they want to fly. So I was opposite. I got to breaking because I want to dance. Now that I know how to dance, I was like, well, I never really learned how to fly. I kind of flew. Why don't I triple down on trying to learn how to fly? Why not? That's the challenge. I'm more challenged by the craft than I am the validation. And I think right now, if we ask B-boys and B-girls, what's your validation? If it's self or if it's outside, 
I'll tell you, I have a longer lifespan because it's for me versus, oh, I'm not winning. If it became, I'm not winning, I would have quit like six years ago, man. Like ever, the phone call stopped around that time. Like all this stuff. You would think I quit because I'm not getting the work as I used to. And I wasn't that guy. I don't care about that. You know, so for me, I found something that I'm challenged by. There's, there's, if I talk about composition, there's plenty of moves that I haven't gotten yet that I still want to compose into my, my, my arsenal. So that's the artistic mind. I'm trying to learn these, these tools to get to, can I create this next combination that's in my head before someone else does, you know what I mean? Or I'm inspired, so... It's always about the creation. So for me, it's always about the, it's learning the tool then creating. Yeah, I mean, so there's no outside val. My it's my own validation, and you know the benefit is I still get outside validation from that. Which is after I stop chasing it, it's kind of like it comes anyway. So I just stick to like what 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 I'm passionate. About. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, that's what I usually uh, call the infinite progression or the infinite practice. It's like you live in this constant state of adaptation. There's never an end. Uh, mastery is not a destination. It's just a path. And it seems like you're 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 on that path, right? Um, and, and something that was I was just thinking about as you were sharing was that when you first started dancing, it was just a natural evolution for you. You just you liked it. You felt curious about it, and then. As you got in a little bit more, you learned more of the formalities of things. So you 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 start to learn different steps, maybe different uh, ways of expressing those steps, and then eventually you got into the realm of competition, which is uh, just a way of knowing where you are on the map to some degree. Which is which is interesting. It's good to know where we are as human beings. It just feels secure and safe, and then you can get lost in like chasing a position, a status, or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been there too. You know, I've been there too, and I discovered, and I wasn't happy. It didn't make me happy. It was just like, oh, is this outside? Like, okay. Then when I discovered, like, oh, it's for self. Then it's like you find your tribe. Then you find people that like share similar values, and then those, those things. Like, what's good about competition is exposure to get you work. Really, I mean, it is. But if you know how to do do that without that. If you can cut out that competition aspect and learn how to do it yourself and you find your tribe, then what do you need to win for? You know what I mean? If you could even create the, if you could create a greater exposure for yourself, if you understand marketing, like, you know, then why, why need a big competition? You know, why need three people going, you're, you're the person now. Yeah. I mean, you could do it yourself. And if, and that's what I'm saying, like great music is created Silly people talk about, well, my, I sold a million units, a hundred, you know, a hundred, a hundred thousand units, but was it a good album or is it bubblegum pop? Like, of course, if I'm Miles Davis, I'm not going to sell as much as Justin Bieber, but I'm freaking Miles Davis. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, but is it, is it important to some degree to, um, be rewarded for your craft? You could create the reward. You find your tribe. You know, why does it have to be everyone? You know what I mean? Like, why is it, does it have to be everyone? Like, you know, I'll talk about Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle walked away from $50 million and he came back 14 years later bigger than Comedy Central's first, you know, and everyone called him crazy. 
And the problem is with breaking is that we're chasing five events. A million practitioners in the world is chasing five events. That's insane. And is there even enough uh, money to go around in those five? Oh, <laughs> no. It's still so, being created. So it, it, okay, so it's it's not about the money uh, when it comes to the validation part. It's it's And the reward is something that, of course, self-fulfillment is, is uh, that's what makes you happy. Like you said, it, it does elicit joy and you feel good about it. But how do we uh, maintain this ecosystem in a way that it's res- resourced? Meaning that if people are chasing, if we have a million breakers around the world and they're chasing five events, and those five events don't have enough resources to actually go around and cover the million people who are in that ecosystem, uh, how-, how long does this last, or or does breaking come to an end? So this is where I was talking about the history part. This is because most of the, that million people, right? Like if we take the average, like a million practitioners started around 1997. Let's say 1997. They're built on this competition structure. They're not built from my structure or it doesn't matter. It's a, it's extra. This is great. This is wonderful. We've never traveled around the world. What's that? That's like, you know, I'm a professional yo-yo player. Like what? Who would imagine? You know, it exists now. But back then, in 1988, if that didn't exist, it's like, you're crazy. You want to be a professional yo-yo person. So it's to know this. Back when there was no competition, it's what was, when you were good, it was kind of like you're just good. Even if you, you, you were, even if you were, spe- you had the best head spins. You might have not been good at anything. It's so like, you're actually closer to a musical artist than you are to an athlete. Even though we're what we're doing athletically, but you could be marketed by, hey, this is a lifestyle. My type of b-boy or b-girl dresses like this and listens to this type of music. Right there is a market you could like you, then you could start creating the market for yourself, and going okay, I'm not winning a freestyle session, but maybe I'm winning this one jam that happens in the south of France every year. And I attract that crowd. You create more opportunity. You know, and this is like the best events that are out there right now. They created because there was only two events. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and are, are, are you are you seeing people creating within the space in a way that is allowing people to go uh, have more than one lane? Uh, slowly, but not enough, because. It's slowly because everyone wants to be under the limelight. That's still the problem. Instead of like creating, creating the way so that way the, the things you want to see, you can see it. They're more like, I want to be that guy or girl. And I'm like, okay, but you know, the odds are against you. And it's like, you know, they had the fighting spirit. Like, well, I can prove myself. It's like, you don't know the playing field yet. You don't understand the playing field. So how are you going to fight against the power when you don't even know what the like what the arrangements are? And this is why it's good to again, if you know history, you could actually you're aware of what's going on everywhere and you're aware of what 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 speaks in this region, what speaks in this region, who likes this, who likes that. You know, you're doing your 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 pattern recognizing and then you're creating a lane. You know what I mean? And then you could you could 
Like there's there's 10 million people around the world that are on TikTok that do less and get way more eyes than any B-boy or B-girl has. Yet we don't follow it. Yet we're doing something way more creative than some of the TikTok people. And yet we're still chasing five events. What's wrong with us? It's always this outside validation. Because again, because of the culture, the culture was raised on competition. Mm. So they think that's the only way. I see. I see. Yet we what? Yet with social media, we took all the way the gate gatekeepers, meaning competition. Only if I win this, I'll get validation. Why? Because five people, four people, three people point in your direction. That's silly to me. I mean, I get it, right? I get it. Go for it. But as you go for it, why don't you do this too? Why can't you do both? Why can't you create a scene as you're going for this, the five events? Because at five events, you can still network. But oh no, we're battling everyone. So why say what's up to everyone? Why network? And this is why I'm still in here. Because I didn't listen to that, that dogmatic trash. Because when I was at the gyms and I was in the crew, I was still networking. Well, they're like, nah, you're disobeying the crew. Meaning that you're, 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 okay. So, so if you were at a, at an event and you were with your crew, meaning with your team, so to speak, your family, your tribe, and you went and spoke to other crews, that was, uh, frowned upon? Back then. Yeah, back then. And I was always like, you know, I was, I was the one that broke that tradition, that tradition. And is this because it came from some, there's some gang culture influences? Yeah, it, it came, you know, because like the original, original guys, you know, like even the original Zulu Kings were, were the uh, Black Spades or Baby baby Spades. And, you know, that's from a gang. And there was a bunch of, you know, like, and that was like the whole, you know, again, you know, this is, comes from, you know, hip hop is, is bred from trauma. So if hip hop is bred from trauma, right, the music's bred from trauma, right? Latchkey kids, kids that didn't, you know, quote unquote broken home single parent homes mostly you know like mostly you know the the father leaving you know the, the the family unit and the mother taking care of the kids every everywhere you go it's built on uber masculinity why because they didn't get taught like you know actual actual masculinity so they created a masculinity you know i mean they create a, a certain uber masculinity i'm bigger than life i'm so this is from, you know, a product of that. So then loyalty means everything, everything to a toxic, detrimental state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's a that's a that's a state of codependency where uh, without without me, you don't exist, and it has to be this way. Otherwise, I don't exist, and that that is, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, perfect. Perfect example of like what you're saying, because again, skating has groups, but no one goes like you're. They just they all slam their doors like, yeah, you did it, tricking. Yeah, you did it. Everywhere you see, yeah, you did it. It's only break. He's like, ah, it's mine. This is mine, 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 mine. You, mine, mine. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. And uh, you know, uh, you just got me thinking now because. Uh, this is something I've thought about before, but I I, I kind of want to reflect to you and see see how you feel about it. Is there is there a chance that where we are right now in the evolution of breaking that we are transcending 
that uh, the origin story, so to speak, and now and now in, in some way going into a place of uh, maybe tapping into the um, the healing benefits that maybe breaking had in the past. Because it was probably cathartic to battle and to showcase it without violence, even though there were burns and physical things potentially back then. But it was probably cathartic to go and compete and then to come out victorious in a healthy way. Uh, is it possible that we're transcending that? And now uh, it's it's po- I think it's very possible. But again, we got to go to the root. We got to we have to say that these things are actually toxic. We got to go above the dogma, right? No one questions that. Like the reason why I get to these levels, because I don't mind asking the questions, meaning I could question the elders. Everyone's afraid to do that. I'll tell you right now. And I'm one of the only ones that will question the elders. Why? Because I'm not set up on this dogma. I understand. I. Yeah. You know, because again, if you're coming from a single parent home, and Uncle Crazy Lake says this, why am I going to question Crazy Lake when he gave me like this opportunity? He created the scene. Yet because what happened with Crazy Lake, because no one questioned it. And I'll say it. You know what I mean? I'll say it. Like no one questioned because it was Crazy Lakes. Question it. Go ahead. Question me. I don't care. Because I know I haven't done nothing wrong. But I understand like, you know, I've done my own work to understand why I needed it. And the problem is we don't want to question hip-hop because it's given so much. But now we, if we want to change, and then there's the fear of like, but it's going to get watered down. It's like, okay, so you want to keep being toxic. You want you don't want to make a living from this, right? You want to keep it like when companies come in and like, okay, that's a little too toxic. Like, we don't want to, we don't want to mess with you. We don't want to give you that six-figure contract because you're toxic. Okay, keep working at UPS. Go ahead. Go ahead, go right ahead. But we need to heal from this. And the only way we, we have to question some of the dogmatic stuff that we are taught. We have to question it because it's not healthy. The more kids come in and parents come in that are healthy, that are not from broken homes. We have to. We have to address these things. And if we don't, it's going to be our downfall because it's been for the last, what, 30 years? Some something else is gonna come up that's gonna be more profitable and more where it's like you know if you work hard for twenty years to still work at UPS or still work at Krispy Kreme, and you're a master at your 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 craft and you're wondering why this guy that does less down TikTok makes more than you, like, and you want to raise your family and you're a genius at that, but no, don't question the culture. Like that's how are we being progressive, you know? I question the culture all the time. I don't mind. And I understand the roots. And people are like, I can't believe you said that. Well, you weren't even there. You're following something your uncle said or your cousin said about breaking. That weren't even there. You see people get caught up in, in, in these uh, kind of battles or this toxicity, as you, you're calling it, that, that is. So you, you feel like that's hindering right now the evolution yes. of breaking. Yeah, 100 100, especially as competitions grow. And here is the facts. Competition is still opinion-based. It's still opinion-based. So how are you going to like, it's not, I, you can't argue a, bat, a ball going through a basket. 
You can't argue that. But you can argue taste. If that person doesn't have the same taste as you, there's no regular requirement. You can't call a judge blind if you don't know where they've been. You can't call them that. Because it's still opinion. It still could be rigged. All of it could still be rigged. So we're still like putting our validation on an opinion? That's not objective. There's nothing objective of, of, of judging right now. Nothing. And and uh, does it need to be objective for it to continue to evolve? Uh, in competition, yes. Okay. And how, how do how do we get there? How do we get to a place where uh, an art like breaking is objective? Uh, the closest is trivial. That I think that's the closest judges system, in my opinion, from what I've done the research. Yeah, there's efforts for sure, for sure. You know, there's efforts. Now, do I believe in it? No. For me. Now, for the up-and-coming competitors, that's your lane? Cool. But just know that other competitions don't use trivium. Then what are you going to do? Right. So, for example, if you are on the uh, Breaking for Gold uh, or on the Olympic path uh, and you're going to be judged through the trivium system, which is uh, designed in a, in a particular way with a, a, a particular uh, set of tenants that you judge the performers on, and then you go and you go maybe uh, freestyle session or you go Red Bull or whatever it may be, battle of the year. Uh, you're going to be judged on a different set of criteria. Th thus, it's not transferable. Not, it's not standardized across the board, right? So, so bra breaking, uh, yeah, is 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 still kind of finding its place in the uh, standardized uh, lens or whatever. Yeah, and here's the thing: Do we want to standardize? Do we want to standardize? Well, it doesn't even matter because you, right now, for example, you you may enter battles, but you're not entering necessarily because you need to win, but rather because you like the process of competing and because it allows you for. So, for example, this weekend I saw you posted something that you you were testing new material in competition, and um, that's interesting to you to see if it you're actually able to execute it. Uh, and maybe that that that's the key. It's uh, it's we we kind of come back to uh, for the love of breaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's ultimately why did you know if you did if you had no other reason like there's certain things like like you said it before like you could do this in wushu taekwondo tricking like you know there's the battle aspect the confrontation a real pressure tested thing and that you know that's cool. But it's ultimately the moves that, and you you like that that challenge. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. The thing is to hold on to, like you know, just to go back a little bit about like, okay, we're talking about freestyle session. We're talking. I like the fact that there's no let that be standardized. It's like this. I'm not gonna go to a country and western concert and expect to see some hardcore drill music, hip hop. Right. I think events should be the same way. Yeah, I show what you're showing up and Yes. So with Trivium, it's going to be more objective. Actually, I kind of want to go to the events that are more catered to a certain style. I want to go to that. Why? Because that's where my tribe's at. They're the ones that are going to understand me. Good. See? A new lane. Why do I have to go... 
If I want an objectivity, that's the closest objectivity. Give me the event that gives me the most subjectivity. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have more fun there for me. So then you have your own lanes. Why do we, why are we chasing five events? Why can't be the king of this event that I love? I don't want to be king of freestyle session. I'm gonna be king of like, you know, the doom room over in San Antonio, Texas, where they only play MF doom music. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And those are people have the same like minds I do. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, that is, it, it, yeah. it's cool. Uh, you're creating more opportunity actually. Yeah, it's not, it sounds like you're saying that uh, you can you you can choose your own adventure within breaking within hip hop, and that that's the beauty of it. Well, that's a beauty that no one realizes yet, because they're all still chasing that five. We're talking it out of the million, maybe eighty percent of that million understand don't understand that yet. Twenty percent understand that of the million, but eighty percent still chasing five, and they don't even know why. Because you can't answer these simple questions I ask you. Why do you do it? Where did you start? And what's your goal? And when they answer, I saw it was the same thing. And they, and when I go any deeper, they can't answer me. Right. This right. is from traveling around the world. Yeah. And, and, and what I hear they is that answer. there's something uh, that it, you're very passionate about, which is the, the purity of self-expression through a specific craft that is breaking and that you are simply... Uh, standing by uh, this uh, idea that uh, you don't only have to do these five things. You can do much more. So wor worry not because uh, the world is abundant in many ways. This breaking is abundant. And uh, if you open your eyes, you may not make it yes. uh, to your original goal, but you can be successful within the space uh, because there's all these other options. Furthermore, you can create those options. It sounds yeah. like. Furthermore, this is exciting. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So uh, I, I I know you have to go now, and and, and we we have to cut this short. But uh, we, we just started scratching the surface. I just want to know what's the biggest lesson that breaking has taught you. I would say um, discipline. Really, I think discipline. You know, and and expression through discipline. That's the best way I could put it like you know you learn how to and that's the thing i think because a lot like i said the scene is divided half of the scene is afraid of competition even though they were raised in competition which is weird they say the culture but like they weren't around for the original culture stuff um is that they're afraid that the expression is going to go away and there is some truth to it there's some truth to that statement of like they're afraid of the expression go away because the desire to win is going to be greater than the expression you know so I would say I learned and and I'm a, I'm I'm living it at this point. I'm not chasing, you know what I mean? It's it was it's nice to win. If I win, that's great. But again, it's more like this self like, you know, self-gratifying thing of just, okay, I know I executed what I what I imagined. And not just execute, but execute under pressure. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, wow, I did it. And that's and again because I understand my own branding and my own marketing i could still get the same attention if i if i did win i'm still getting the same attention if you know the difference between winning and losing doesn't matter because i know i executed i know i did it like there's evidence of me doing it now if the judges didn't like me they didn't pick me because the color of my hat i don't care like <laughs> it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter 
And I wish that more B-boys and B-girls would understand their own value in that way. And if they saw, if they saw what I saw, like, we're talking top tier people. If they saw what I saw, if they had, if they, they, if they could put on the profile glasses for a second, whatever they have, they're going to turn that into way more gold than just waiting for the next event. You know, they're going to turn that into like something greater than, you know? And so I, that's all I got to say to like everyone out there that's competing and, and everyone that's like, just, you know, like Simon Sinek says, like, ask your why, ask your why, man. And once you once once you get that, you 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 gonna see you gonna see way more opportunity than you thought you had. You know what I mean? You will. You will guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's inspiring. Uh Provo, thank you for being here. And uh although this was a short uh conversation, it it was definitely intense. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely more intense than last time. Uh, I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh you you brought it. I appreciate it. I, I hope everybody listening got something out of it uh profo where can people follow you find you uh learn more about you on instagram you can find me on p-r-o-f-o underscore w-o-n on youtube you can go to the profo one channel and you can go to one web my website actually uh p-r-o-f-o-w-o-n.com great and you have your own podcast called the trades and then um gearhead is and gear yeah that you co-host with uh jay soul very cool. Well, thank you. I uh, appreciate you. We'll we'll have to do this again. And uh, uh, the third third try was uh, was it? That was that was the charm. All right, dude. Sorry, sorry, my technology. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you. Peace. <laughs> Right, that.